0: show where the bros are, fans, doodle How about that,
1: how about that, yo Swing the remix, God How about that,
0: how about that, how about that, how about that, how about that? And about you? You? welcome yeah. internets yeah. to another episode of you? Fan you? Bra- yeah. Bra- yeah. Bra- bra- yeah. show where the bros are fans or something to that extent but in reality this show is for all nerds that's right this is the multicultural maestros and you are here on the ship with your boy dj benjamin aka the butcher of names aka quidditch please aka han dolo
1: Ah, I love it.
0: <laughs> You're not going to love it a little later on in the show. Let me tell you that, Tatiana.
1: Uh-oh,
0: uh-oh. Oh, oh Oh, yes. But as you hear, as always, I am joined by the Jamel Trill of the spaceship.
1: <laughs> oh, God. Tatiana King-Jones, the Grand Duchess of Tech, also known as the Ahura of the Spaceship, The Black Russian, The Black Rogue, Colleen Wingstop, Mm. The Phantom Menace to F Society, Mm. Chance the Parappa, Mm. Deuce Piccolo, Mm. and a new one, Blackness Everdeen. (laughs) Shouts, let me say this, shouts to Mr. T. Steph on Twitter that that gave me that new name. Wow,
0: Blackness Everdeen.
1: That shit
0: is fire. <laughs> Ooh, you know, there needs to be like some fan fiction written immediately about the adventures of blackness Everdeen.
1: Immediately.
0: Immediately. For real. Ooh, that is cold-blooded. I thought I had one with Quidditch, please, but <laughs> I don't know.
1: Ooh, it was cute. It, it was cute.
0: cute. You know, Handolo is going to come into effect in a few minutes, so I'll tell you that. that it's All trying, right. Yeah, it's trying to get real interesting in here tonight. But yes, man, as always, welcome to all the new listeners, all the new subscribers who have been joining us over on SoundCloud, on iTunes, on Stitcher. The Ta-Nehisi Coates episode is ringing off in the internets. The Lexi mm-hmm. Alexander episode is ringing off in the internets, and we got even more in store. I mean, bigly, bigly.
1: Bigly? Oh, no, don't bigly. do that. Yes. Don't use that.
0: Bigly, I'm using it just like <laughs> It's like I see YouTubers out here using the N-word and stuff, for like, trying to be cool and, you know, trying to make it less offensive or something. Well, I'm going to make Bigly less offensive and sad, my favorite one. Always shout out to the Minute Maid Man for that one, sad. Is-
1: well, I like sad. Yeah, I like sad. I think sad is hilarious because I like using it against Trump. <laughs>
0: yes, yes. The Minute Maid Man, that's my new one for him. The sad, Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Whoo, but yeah, man, it's a, it's a lot of going on, you know, as always in the geek world. It's hot off the presses right now. The talks about Mel Gibson going oh, to direct Jesus. a movie I didn't, I wasn't even sure what was going to happen. Uh, Suicide Squad 2. Mm, yeah. Oh,
1: okay. Why Mel Gibson? Ex- express that, explain that to me because the- I don't see where that adds up.
0: Aside four from, and
1: four does not equal eight in this instance.
0: Aside from his blatant racism, or being a blatant, well, I, well oh, it's, yeah, I guess if you say racist things like that, you're a racist.
1: The reason why I'm, I'm questioning it is because, yeah, he had his his episodes, if you want to call it that, he had his episodes. What, like in earlier, in the early 2000s, mid 2000s? I mean, I don't even know what to call that that time period anymore. But he had his episodes with all the racist stuff, oh, the anti-Semitic oh stuff.
0: I mean, we, we had to really call a Spade a spade in this instance. And shouts to Chico Leo, because I know he would love to bring this up. Mel Gibson actually told his girlfriend at the time that he hopes she gets raped by a pack of... Stop it. Get some help.
1: He's, yeah. he's done a lot. He, he's talked about black people. He's talked about Jewish people. He's talked about pretty much everybody. And then, like, more recently, which is still a few years ago, he was supposed to be, or maybe he was, he had a cameo on A Hangover, one of those sequels, yep. and, like, they were talking about how he was horrible to work with. So, like, this guy has had this <laughs> disastrous persona for, for at least 10 years, 10-plus 10 years now, maybe more, but at least publicly 10-plus years, and then, like... I was reading up on it and now because like he is like Oscar nominated for directing some like I think war film or something. Whatever. Oh. The point is because now he's a little bit hot, now people wanna bring him back into the paint. I'm like, why? Okay. I don't I don't well, understand for why.
0: All right. Well, counterpoint to this is the fact that Mel Gibson is a good to great director. You know, if you if you do take okay. out all the racism and the anti-Semitic and you know, basically the fact that he's a bag in general. It what did, seems what did he be.
1: direct? What did he direct? Braveheart. Oh, okay. besides Braveheart, that's all everyone I, ever ever says. Besides Braveheart, uh, like recently, I, I
0: really liked Apocalypse. Okay, Okay, but see, the other side of it is that to studios, he makes hella money just because of Passion of the Christ, and most of them don't, you know. He did see, do
1: Passion of the Christ. Okay.
0: Yeah, most of them don't see past that. But that does go into another point. The idea is, like, I was reading this article today on I09 where they were talking about how Ryan Reynolds, you know, has lived his whole career out as, like, um, as Lexi <laughs> Alexander would say, a mediocre white man. You know, like oh, I thought you were gonna <laughs>
1: say as Deadpool because he has actually lived his whole life as Deadpool. <laughs> no, yeah,
0: yeah, but before, but you know, in movies that weren't starring Deadpool, you know, Ryan oh, Reynolds see. continued to get work year after year, even though he's appeared in bomb after bomb after bomb, leading that. work, you know, and bombed in Green Lantern, bombed in that other joint that's a comic book adaptation that was like Men in Black with spirits or something. That joint bombed. And it's like he bombed again and again with these movies, but he keeps getting work. And it's the same thing with Mel Gibson. You know, he keeps getting work, even though he's a racist, everything and all his hits are, you know, 10, 15 years ago. And the Mm -hmm. only reason he made Mm -hmm. some money off Passion of the Christ is because it's a Christian-centered film that told the story of, you know, obviously Jesus being crucified. So So not just Jesus,
1: not just Jesus, blue-eyed, blonde-haired Jesus. Well, or what's his name? wasn't characters.
0: really. Yeah, he wasn't. My, my man wasn't really blue eyed, was he? I'm not. I don't I've never remember. Seen, I've never seen that. I mess, thought he was. You know? I wasn't watching a movie for two hours where Jesus just tortured to death. <laughs> like I'm not. I'm not. I'm not oh, down God. for that. That is just not. I'm you sure know. somebody
1: will correct this, but the point is, to your point, he's done this shit a long ass time ago. He still, as far as I know, feels the way he does about certain groups of people. So why uh, are getting him back in the yeah. paint?
0: Because, you know, he's a white male, and that's what my point about it is, like, with Ryan Reynolds, you know, he gets all these chances, and then he gets Deadpool, and now he's the hottest thing out and can do whatever he wants and will probably blow up. But, like, this article was saying on io9, I got to look it up to see who actually wrote it, but as this article was saying... You know these people get these chances again and again but you never see a black person get these chances. Or, you know, and let's don't You never see a,
1: a black person or an Asian person or a Latina yes. or Latino get a chance. Yes. How about that? Let alone double chances or two or three chances. How about the first chance in the first motherfucking place?
0: N- none. I mean, you white males and then white women to a lesser extent. And then, like, you know, Leslie was talking about there are no people, you know, who are Muslim, you know, who are, like, superstars like that. No one from, you know, India. No one from, you know, a lot of places that have... Yeah, go ahead.
1: You can't play an Asian in a film about the Great Wall. Mm. You can be an Asian and never be in it. Interesting.
0: Mm. I mean, actually, the Great Wall is packed with Asians, you know, and it's done by an Asian director, I think. But... Mm. Of course, they decided to cast Matt Damon.
1: Matt Damon. I'm sorry, Chico Leo's not here to say
0: it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but big shout Matt out Day to Day him Day. as always. But yeah, they. You know, this article was written by Sidney Fussell. So shout out to him. Great article on I09. When will a black actor get to have their Deadpool moment? And I just want to extend it even further. Like, when will any person of color ever get the chances that someone like a Ryan Reynolds did, And like he said in the article, it's not about tearing down Ryan Reynolds because Ryan Reynolds is a competent actor and funny as hell and has been good in a lot of these movies that were bombs. I've enjoyed them. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you'll never see a person of color get those types of chances, ever. Like, it just does not happen. And so for Mel Gibson to get this chance, like, I think he's a good director, but at the same time, I just don't give a ish. I, I I supported Suicide Squad, you know, in theaters, but in the second one, I would definitely bootleg, you know.
1: <laughs> I like how you just said it flat. You're just going to bootleg.
0: Like, <laughs> <laughs> Dana, you know how I mean? Y'all get my money the first time, bruh.
1: Ain't, oh, ain't wow. going to happen.
0: You know, I'm sure we'll be at a screening or something, but, you know, ooh, no. Fanbro
1: Show does not condone bootlegging.
0: Not at all. Not at all. Yeah. Holler at me on the low, mm. Um, yeah. The... <laughs> Speaking of Deadpool, uh Carey Washington is yes. supposedly being eyed to play Domino.
1: So supposedly, she's in talks along with Pierce Brosnan to join Deadpool 2. Carey's supposedly being eyed to play Domino and Pierce Brosnan is supposed to be playing Cable. The latter is weird as fuck to me. I don't I don't see it, but anyone if you can enlighten me about how that may work fine but if you if you're not remembering who pierce Brosnan is james bond and a of other stuff, yeah
0: yeah <laughs> i mean he is definitely of age to play cable that goes without saying i don't
1: saying. care about the age it's just i just don't see it but as far as carrie playing domino i see that I can see that. So I do know the um, about Domino, just very surface level stuff. I don't haven't read her stories or anything like that. But she is a marksman, and she has the mutant ability to to alter probability. So like, if I guess if there's like a twenty percent chance you're gonna shoot somebody in the head, she could up it to whatever percentage she wants. I, I don't know how that works. I don't know if you if you know more than you if you could express it better, please share that, Ben. But oh, I definitely that's, can. Yeah, yeah, please. Oh.
0: Oh, um, well, Domino is, and Cable are both from Rob LaField, you know, and they first appeared in X-Force, like, number one, I think. And, you know, Rob LaField is the creator of Deadpool, X-Force, and a bunch of other comics for Image in his own time. And is a superstar artist who a lot of people have, you know, varying views on. But as far as Cable and uh, Domino, they were actually a couple, like, um, when they first appeared and Domino has a very convoluted ass history in like five issues because she's like gets replaced by another woman who's masturbating as her. So you don't even see the real Domino for a long time. You just see this woman who looks exactly like her and other stuff. But, yeah, she has the power to affect luck, whatever. And she's normally a white woman. And right. I, I mean, I think Kerry Washington. Well, she's actually like damn near albino. I'm I never was sure if it was supposed to be makeup or not.
1: But oh, Domino? Oh, like like if she has, like, white pancake makeup on?
0: Yeah, I was... Oh, and I then mean, she, she has
1: the black circle on her, her left eye.
0: Yep. And she's been okay. shown, like, in the bathtub with cable, so, you know, the white stem was there then. But anyway, mm. Kerry Washington, I think, is a great choice because I think Carrie Washington in anything is a great choice.
1: <laughs> well, as an actor, I... Kerry Washington has the chops. Like, I can see her pulling that character off because I've seen her play characters in that similar lane. No, not a mutant. No, not not superhero stuff. But I've seen her in what I believe to be um, Domino's personality. So I think it could work.
0: Oh, hell yeah. I mean, Kerry would kill that part. Kill it. Now, Pierce Brosnan, the, the problem is with Cable is the fact that Cable is normally drawn like a giant, I mean, just out of control diesel dude. So it's like very rare you see Cable have actual human proportions that any, you know, Tommy's shown. So Pierce is definitely very slim. Uh, the dude from, I want to say is Nathan something. No, actually that's Cable's real name. I can't remember his name. The dude from Avatar also is going out for the role. The guy who played the villain in Avatar. He definitely looks the part.
1: Oh, that guy? Oh yeah, he I looks think like Stephen him.
0: <laughs> I Stephen Lane. Yeah, I want to say it's Stephen Lane. Yeah, he, he looks like looks, so, I mean, he looks dead ass like Cable. My choice was always uh Kira Knightley because that's what Deadpool says at the end of the m- first movie. He's like, "Yo, in the next one we're gonna have Cable. Uh, you know we don't know who's gonna play her, but it might be Kira Knightley." And I Keira know
1: Knightley to play Cable. Yeah,
0: and I, <laughs> I know it makes absolutely no sense, but I think that's a part of what Deadpool worked in the first place is making no sense. And Deadpool the comic makes no sense most of the time, and that's what it was always his genius. So. Yo,
1: you was right about Stephen Lane. I can't unsee it now. No, he
0: he's... he's it's Like, dead. I can't unsee it. Like, he is easily, like, you know, just looks the part so perfectly. Like, there's no... But at the same time, I wouldn't... I don't think he... Well, I don't know. I'm not going to diss the man. I don't know his acting chops, you know, only in Avatar. I'm sure I've seen him in something else that I can't remember him in.
1: My I mean, but he was like a J. Jonah Jameson in Avatar, kind of just angry all the time. <laughs> so, yeah. it's... Like you said, you can't really tell.
0: It, it could work with Cable, but I'm just not sure. So, you know, we'll see. But I would love Kerry Washington, you know, to play Domino. And I'm sure she's going to get a lot of the same hate that actors and actresses always get when they take over a role of a character that they think is, you know, supposed to be white. And right. it's like the same thing that um, Once Again What's-Her-Name is getting. And I think that's why Marvel hasn't shown her, the char- the woman who's going to play uh, the Valhalla in is the black woman from Dear White People. You
1: mean Valkyrie?
0: Yeah, Valkyrie. Yep. not Valhalla. Sorry, that's where all everybody That's where they, die. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about butcher of names. But I'm sure that, you know, she's dead. Once she is revealed, she's going to really get it. You know, if Carrie does get this role, she's going to really get it. And I've just seen a lot of that lately. And I've seen more of it even from people of color. Like resisting when like only wanting things to be one way, like Black Panther has to be with Storm and, you know, Storm can't be with Forge, a character who's Native American. Why you know, not? I Because, you know, there's not enough black couples on screen in sci-fi.
1: Which is true, but why not? Like, because they were together in the books, right?
0: And, uh, oh, yeah. Forge and Storm, to me, is like the iconic relationship. Like, the whole Black Panther stuff was retconned to the book way later on. So. But
1: yeah. because of the way that the licenses are owned, they can't have Storm in Black Panther anyway, right?
0: Yeah, that's never happening.
1: At, at least not by name, or they would have to be real sneaky about it. Like, it, it, as far as it is now, as far as it stands, it's never happening. Fox has X-Men, right? And yep. Uh, Disney Marvel has has everything else, mm-hmm. well, for, for this movie for Black Panther, so how do you expect that to happen?
0: I don't. but I guess some people want it to happen again in the comics. And actually in Ta-Nehisi's run lately, it's been really dope because they've been bringing about you know, Storm back in and, you know, it shows that her and T'Challa still have feelings for each other. Like they were still married and everything, but it's just because of their different lifestyles, et cetera, et cetera, they can't, you know, mm-hmm. make it happen. But I just don't really understand Mm -hmm. that, you know, pushback, even in 2017, that of these characters, like, when for the majority of these characters, it's not like Domino is ever running around like, I'm white, I'm white. You know, (laughs) these characters don't do that. Like, I always... She don't
1: even have, like, real colored skin to me. Like, I'm looking at her, I'm looking at the pictures of her now. I'm just like, like you said, it's like super pale, like, not real pale. It's just... Like, not real person pale.
0: No, it's just really interesting to me because, like, the facts of the matter are like, uh, Rhodey, Ro- War Machine, who everyone knows and loves now as Terrence Howard and um, Don Cheadle, are just you know iconic pretty much at this point. But the fact that a matter is John Byrne, the artist who originally drew Rhodey, is a white dude from Canada, and he first asked—I'm not sure who created Rhodey, but when the author told him to draw the star in the book, he was like, "Yo, can I draw him as a black guy?" And he was like, "Why not?" And that's the only Mm. reason he's black. You know, he, in all the comments. Because
1: he said, why not? Yeah,
0: Mm. yeah. All the comments. I grew up loving Rhodey. Like, he was my dude when I used to read Iron Man. Because when I first started reading Iron Man, he was Iron Man. Tony Stark was an alcoholic bum in the corner, you know, trying to get his life together. And Rhodey had the suit. So that's how I grew up reading it. But I also never really, I saw that he was the same color as me. And I think, you know, subliminally that did mean something to me. That's why I liked him. But eventually, when Tony Stark recovered from his alcoholism, I loved him, too, because it was such a great story to see him come back from fucking alcoholism and take the suit back, you know. And then Mm -hmm. when still had it and they had it together, you know, they both rocked it. They both had different suits. It was always effed up, though, because Tony Stark never gave him the same dope suit that he had at the time. Like, Rhodey's always wearing the whacker suit and he always gets strewed (laughs) or killed.
1: he got the also ran suit.
0: Yeah, like Tanasi was talking about last week, he gets killed, you know, because of Tony not giving him the dopest tech. So there is that issue, but that's why when people, you know, make these characters out to be—I don't want to say more than they are, because they are very iconic and they do mean a lot to people. Like seeing, you know, representation matters, but at the same time, you gotta, you know, I think that, you know, force—I mean, not forcing, but putting out new characters of color is very important. That's why we always have creators of here who are doing new stuff. You know, bringing forth new characters. But also, Mm -hmm. don't be mad at race bending. Because it's just a quick way for actors, actresses, you know, actors, everybody to get more work. And it's also a way for you to see more representation on screen. True that. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah.
1: (laughs) You to get that off your
0: chest, you right? You know, I really did, because, uh, you know, I've, I've seen a lot more of it. And we talked about this at the Inclusion is Revolution panel. You know, we've talked about this many times on the show before. And I it always amazes me to see it from people of color. Like, I can understand seeing it from white people, you know? And I don't... It's,
1: but you know, you know, there's another layer to it because it's it's like exactly what you said in the beginning. It's kind of a catch twenty two. We want to see more black on black love. You need, especially in sci fi spaces, especially yes. in all spaces, anyway, in media. Mm-hmm. People want to see that. I I include it at yes. the same time. It's just like, are you also going to downplay or or eschew? a relationship between a black woman and a native american man because it's not black on black like that's that's the catch 22 i'm talking about it's just like you know as a black person there are ver- there are various levels to it and there's various understanding of institutionalized racism and all of the, all of that stuff that comes along with it which are also faced by other people of color so it's just like how do you come to a balance I don't. I, I. It's just. I don't think there's ever gonna be someone who's gonna be like, "Oh, it's fine." Where everyone's gonna be like, "It's fine." Like, there's always gonna be someone who's going to find fault with what happens.
0: Yeah, and I'll go even a little further on that. Like you said, you know, why are they mad at a black and a Native American? It's like, why are you mad at one? Any two people being in love, regardless of skin tone, regardless of sexual preference. you know, they are in love. That's on them. Why are, why are you worried about mm. it? Three, they're fictional characters. Like. And then, the, I mean, you. the other part of it is there are so many characters and so many creators who need your support. Marvel doesn't need your support at any time. If you're mad that Storm and Black Panther aren't together, don't buy the comic. Go buy a comic by an independent creator that is featuring characters of color in relationships. When these things pop off, they get made into TV shows. They become your favorite characters. They get made into movies, et cetera, et cetera. Like, don't get so stuck on, you know, these one characters that you feel have to carry everything for us. Like, the Black Panther Mm. movie is very important. But, I mean, we're all going to go see it. So that has nothing to do with it. Right. You know, but that's my point. Like, you have to, you know, start supporting these other things. Like, when I was on Twitter with somebody, I was talking about The Ultimates. And in The Ultimates, it features Blue Marvel and Monica Rambeau in a relationship together. Two grown black men and women together. So, go buy that.
1: You're right. (laughs) Oh,
0: man. Comet fans. I love y'all, but we got to, you know, there's things. We got to do better. (laughs) Yeah, we got to do better sometimes, man. And I I fully understand the need for black on black love on screen. I fully understand that, you know. Well, sometimes it won't be a sci-fi movie. Go support a good movie that features that, you know, whether or not it's a sci-fi. Because that makes a ton of movie. It moves into other realms. These same actors, actresses get work. And the last part of it is always remember this, like it wasn't until a white man came around and said that you're black, you're Indian, you're Asian, you're this. You know, people always had differences, but this whole race as a dividing factor didn't come into the equation, you know, until a little later on. And we always have to remember that you have to protect your culture. I I always feel a little bit more than the race, you know, like as black people, we have culture, you know. And everyone has cultures, but cultures can live together. But we all have to live together on this planet, you know, regardless of race. It's not going to happen any time where white people are over here and black people are over here, you know, Mexican people. over here. That's not going to ever happen unless it's some all-out war, and we're, we really don't need all that. So, yeah.
1: Damn. Whew. Damn. Man. So I'm about to be a race war, Ben? Jeez, you're scaring me. Nah,
0: I don't, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I'm not ever for that. You know, like I said, we have bigger problems than race on this planet Earth, especially as human beings that we have got to figure out very quickly. So, you know, I ain't got time for that, man. I'm happy for anybody doing well as long well, as they're not, you know, trying to do harm against me or people I love. Mm-mm.
1: Yeah, bigger problems like the Minimate Man.
0: Like the Minute Made Man, like the environment, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But we'll get into that right after this break, actually, you know, because we got some more from Fanbro Show, but we got to take a little break, you know, got to pay these sponsors, all that good stuff. You know how it goes. We'll be right back. This is Tom Asi, coates and when I am not reading Wicked and Divine or Darth Vader or Velvet, I'm
1: chilling with the fans.
0: And welcome back internets i hope you're still with us at that explosive intro of a show you know we just have to chill it out you know right here for a second and i gotta give a quick shout out to michael smith and jamel hill i hope i didn't butcher their names because you know how i do but they took over sports center this week you know changed the name to the sc6 and I was blown away. Like, it's been incredible so far. I'm just stunned because I can remember, you know, I love um, PTI and Around Mm -hmm. the Horn. Those are my joints. Like, I've been a fan of those shows for years. Like, I would dream of having either Michael Wilbur on or Tony Kornheiser on the show. Or even the host of Around the Horn. But anyway, I've seen Michael and Jamel from years from there. And just to see their growth and progress and to see them now be at 6 p.m. Sports Center, new name, everything is like two black people. Like, yo, rest the yeah. peace to Seward Stratton. Like, you know, your dream is here, bro. It's incredible. <laughs> like, and shouts to both of them. Everyone's been hitting us. You know, we got to get them on the show. I know they're super busy right now, but we're definitely working on that. You know, because, you know, me and Tatiana over here, like I said, the Jamel Trill of the spaceship. You know, we
1: got
0: got a little TV thing coming up real soon. You know, we'll be, you know, dropping some more, you know, duo, dynamic duo type episodes in the very Mm -hmm. near future. So, you know, just look out for that, you know. And something else you always try to look out for is... Yeah, boy, I love that every week, man. Shouts to Super Bad Larry for dropping that funk. And you know, we always got the funk with these questions. So, Tatiana.
1: The first question is from Posh Paul. He writes Would you say that the world is divided right now into two types of people? People who believe in the inclusive future presented by Star Trek. And people who believe that we live in a survivalist world of the walking dead. <laughs> wow. And let me let me let me finish. If not, which two shows or other media best sum up the divide that we're going through right now?
0: Oh, that shit is fire right there. That's a gosh, fire Paul.
1: question. Thank if, you, Paul.
0: Yeah, fire right there. Ooh, shout-outs to Chico Leo for the third time in this episode because, you know, that man definitely (laughs) believes we are living in the survivalist world of The Walking Dead already.
1: Oh, yeah. He's been early on that one. (laughs)
0: Yeah. I feel like it's a little deeper than that, though, in my answer because I'm definitely a person who sometimes people accuse me of being pessimistic and I grew up living that we were living in the world of the parable of the sower and books like Fahrenheit 451. And all that. So I was always very woke to the realities of the world. But at the same time, I'm also a person who just believes in humanity so much that I definitely believe in the Star Trek, you know, reality of a unified planet and people who move past their differences and just work. And I believe that technology has can play a big part in that. Right. Yeah. So like shouts to young guru, you know, the era, the engineer is like something that I feel could save the world in general. So I'm definitely more of the Star Trek person beyond Walking Dead.
1: I would have to say the same. Like say the same because we're not there. I know a lot of people want to say, oh, the world is coming down, but I mean, it really isn't. Yes, not at all. it's yes, there's a lot of stuff going on, but I'm not sure if it's any worse than what it was. Like, yes, Obama is gone. Yes, now it's Chump and Friends, but like he, shit has still been bad for the same group of people through Obama, before Obama, after Obama. Uh, same groups of people. My so, through slavery. <laughs> so I mean, and, and there was there's worse things than than Trump, as you just you know, slavery and all that other stuff. So I I, I we're not in a apocalyptic world by any means right now. Yes, there's a lot of negativity and stuff going on. However, there are also lots of people fighting for the positive side of it, fighting to have a better world. And until, like, we have to blow up that floating boat and go across the East River, like, I would also say we're more in a Star Trek world.
0: Yeah, I would definitely say we're more in a Star Trek world. Like, we're living in a world where we have 3D printing. You know, which is the next step is the replicator. You know, we have so many advances. This kid, like some 20-something-year-old kid last year put out this thing that's going to clean the ocean of all the trash in it. Like there's so many advances being made and people sometimes focus on the negative because that's what's always what's presented to you, you know, constantly in the news is negative, negative news. So people just focus on that instead of looking at there's a lot of positive things. And we like I said, and like you said, we've lived through so much worse. You know, we as a people have seen so much worse than this. And I think that's something we have to remember, you know, especially as people of color. All all around the world, people of color are seeing way worse conditions than in America. Like if you live in America, you are blessed. Like if you were born in America and you were so blessed compared to like 99% of the world. Well, I won't go that far. Maybe 90. There's other places that are great to live in, too. But, Mm -hmm. you know, America, you have a lot going for you that you do not realize. And that's why when people move here, because they've come from places where they don't have anything going for them, they take such advantage of it because they see how much you have here. So, yeah, I always would say, you know, it's more the Star Trek, Star Wars for me. Like, if there's ever going to, I mean, there might be problems, but I just believe in things like the force. You know, I believe in the power of the human mind. I believe Mm. in humanity. I believe in love. You know, I believe in these things, you know, overruling everything. You know, I believe love is the most powerful energy in the world, you know, and anyone doesn't believe it gets their face tipped in. (laughs) (laughs) Word to me. Nice, Ben, I mean... You know, shout out to Miss America Chavez. Pick that comic up oh. when it drops, man. See, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Look at you.
1: Hey. Look at you. Uh-huh. Okay. I have another question. It's this one time, it, this one time, this one is from Gabe. Gabe writes, you, Ben, travel to Ethiopia a lot. Can you recommend some Ethiopian hip hop that he can get in the U.S.?
0: Mm, 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 mm. Well, right away, I got a shout out to my boy, Benny, who brings me over there. All the time, Benny and his brother, to DJ at Flirt and Club Illusion. I'm actually going back very soon, so, you know, shout out to them. Shout out to Benny and his wife. Actually, they just had their second anniversary, so happy anniversary to them. Nice. And Ethiopian hip-hop, ooh, I'm sorry, Gabe. I really cannot help you on that as much as I would like to, because um, I haven't really heard the dope Ethiopian hip-hop artists, like, I've heard a lot of Ethiopian artists where they combine hip hop sounds and they rap, of course, but I haven't heard the dope bangers from them. Like the dopest mm. stuff in Ethiopia to me is the stuff that is like traditional music, like traditional Amaharic music and um, traditional. Oh, my God. I should know the name of this. Tigrenye is their other language that's spoken there. And so they have these two different languages. And I mean, they have dozens of languages in Ethiopia for that matter. But Amaharic and Tigrinye are two of the more major ones. And they're so the music that I've heard the, my joint is this joint in Tigrinier, but I can't remember the uh damn name of the song. But I do want to shout out my homies, the Jano Band. You can check them out there on YouTube. I think it's actually pronounced like Yano Band, but it's spelled J-A-A-N-O Band. And check mm, them okay. Yeah, check them out on YouTube. They do traditional music, but they're young kids, so it's more like traditional mix with like rock and funk. And they are dope as hell. I mean, they are so live when you see them in person. But their uh, stuff on YouTube, you'll get a good feel for them. They actually have some live stuff on YouTube, so you can see everything. But definitely check them out. J A N O band. Shout out to my homie Bid Sammy, who manages them. I mean, just dope as hell. Just incredible. You know, like one of the best bands I've ever seen, no lie. So definitely check them out.
1: What about that that personally song you you kept? Oh uh, no! See, per- yeah,
0: about. personally, is a West African, and see, West, oh, Africa, okay. West Africa has like Nigeria, especially is like huge. Like they make a music that most people know is Afrobeat or Naija. Afrobeat. Yeah, I think I yeah. think that, you pronounce Naija, it, yeah. yeah, Naija. And uh, personally, is by P Square, and he's uh, I want to say he's Nigerian, but he's definitely Afrobeat, and that's a banger. Like, mm. but I mean, in that there's a lot. There's P Square. There's Wizkid there's oh my god there's so many man there's it's so many artists you know i love look, afrobeat yeah i mean that's the thing. afrobeat banes in ethiopia afrobeat banes all over the world so yeah. but it really banes in uh, ethiopia but they also go hard on their traditional music like you know they have their own music that ethiopia goes hard on and that joint will turn the club up teddy afro he has this song Look up on YouTube Teddy Afro's performance with Beyonce or Beyonce performing Teddy Afro's song. It is one of the most lit things you'll ever see. And I was there for it. And, nice. Oh my, yeah. Oh my God. I actually gave Beyonce's <laughs> dancer. <laughs> oh my God. I actually gave Beyonce's dancers that CD so they could play it that night. Did you? True story.
1: You just know everybody. <laughs> wow.
0: Yeah, don't I? I think that's going to factor in, in in a second. I don't know in the house.
1: So the last question we have is from K Siffer. I think it's pronounced K Siffer from South Africa. With the common stereotype of nerds being antisocial, have any of you found it hard to date or be dated? Keep up the good work. The show is great. Thank you.
0: Thank you. And shout out to South Africa, man. You know, anytime y'all got a club over there for me to write, let me know because, you know, I'll be in Africa and I definitely want to get down there and, you know, see what it's like. So holler mm-hmm. at me. But Tatiana, I'm going to let you answer this first.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. Have I found it hard to date when I was dating? Um, nah. Not really, but only because I don't date or didn't date anyway. Like it was very rare thing just because I always thought dating was a waste of time. It's kind of like, why are you playing around with people? Stop playing around with my time. But as far as finding it hard, not really per se, because people who I did, who I was interested in already shared this, pretty much the same Likes that I had. So the people who I was talking to, they were also gamers. They or they were also into sci-fi or geek shit. Like there was always a common thread. I never tried to like really mess with people who wasn't even on a common ground with me because someone could look good and be all this other stuff, but you can't talk to them about stuff you love or stuff you like. Then it's like, what's the point? So mm. I I I really personally did not have that problem. And as far as being hard to date, well sure, maybe, but that has nothing to do with being a geek. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just me. But um yeah, I, I I had a pretty a pretty decent decent time. And obviously I'm married now and, and the person I'm married to is all into geek culture.
0: Oh, you just crush like the hearts of like seventy five percent of our listeners right there. Hey
1: y'all knew already. So
0: Yeah, I know. And if
1: you that's... didn't know, welcome to the club.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the new ones are definitely like, oh, oh. oh. Yeah. Well, no, um, I'm not doing much of the dating myself more anymore. So, but I've definitely had problems. And I would say that it does for my, at least in my case, it definitely had to relate to me being a geek, especially when I was much younger, because I just was a super geek, you know, and I was not like DJ Ben, I mean, I was deep Ben, I mean, you know, so. It but when was... did you
1: start dating? Because, like, when I was that same way through, like, until after high school, then I became social Tatiana, if you will. So, like, how old were you when you first started dating and were and were you still in your super geek mode?
0: No, I was, yeah, I was still in my super geek mode when I first started dating. I was in my super geek mm-hmm. mode even through probably Howard. Like, I was still oh. geeky. Yeah, I just hung around with cool kids at Howard. But I was, you know, I hung, I hung with them, and they, those are my boys to this day. But I was still, you know, a Houston kid who was still super into comics and the role playing games. I was also super into DJing, so that was like what saved me socially. Because that saved you. <laughs> yeah, damn sure. Oh my God, if I didn't have DJing, yo, it would be a whole different life for me. End of story. And
1: let me, and let me, let me. Let me fix this a little bit when I say super geek I don't mean just being into all this stuff because no matter what I was always into all this stuff and as were you yeah. I'm talking about like the whole antisocial component and I don't even want to say antisocial. the difficulties with, with socializing with the cool kids per se I've still to this day I still have difficulties
0: I still have super diff- <laughs> I have super difficulties socializing with any human being that's that's not like that doesn't even have to do with the cool kids that's just people in general so i definitely have always had problems with it even you know until way later in my life i say that the when i stopped having problems with it that i've always said is when i owned it you know when i just be like yo this Mm. is me you know like you come into my apartment you're gonna see you know some action figures up on the shelf you know a millennium falcon on the wall like yo this is me and that's how it's gonna be you know deal with it it's still oh, fly. Yeah, you know the millennium falcon is up there looking fly don't get me wrong it does look
1: fly but you yeah know? but that's right like now like you just that's just how i how it is this is who we are so mm-hmm. you just gonna if you don't like i don't know what to tell you
0: yeah but but i you know, do have is- you know a story like i was talking about how dj changed my life and mm-hmm. um yeah this one it's it's quite interesting but it relates to the whole geek stuff i guess in a bit and definitely relates to the Han dolo it was back when i was in dc and i was at this club Ooh, do I even want to give too many details? Let's leave the details. In oh. the minute. But I was in the VIP <laughs> you room. Get- yeah.
1: does yeah. <laughs> to get somebody in trouble? Yeah,
0: I still know these people. Yeah. Um, so oh, wow. I was still, I was in the VIP room at the club. I was DJing that night, and the one and only goddess herself, Shaka Khan, was in the VIP room at the club.
1: Shaka Khan.
0: Now, bear in mind, this is not, you know, in 1970s, folks. I'm nowhere near that old. Like, you know, <laughs> don't ever get that twisted. You know, this is very recent, and I'm, you know, in the club, and Shaka Khan. What? This isn't that recent, though, because this is before Serato. You know, this is like right before Serato comes out.
1: But I see what you're saying. You're saying it's not like friday night fever type stuff i get you yeah
0: oh, hell hell to the knob. Nah, <laughs> okay know. Say studio 54 or any of that
1: okay <laughs> okay okay so we got the this, uh, yeah. the time period i
0: wish i could have seen that type of stuff never anyway i'm in this club and this before serato and that relates because shocker Khan comes into the booth and it's like what yeah all right yeah shocker Khan comes into the booth And, you know, I'm, I'm like, blown away. I'm like, oh, my God. You know, I'm just trying to tell her how much of a fan my mom is of her. Like, my mom loves Shaka, you know, like, loves her. And, you know, Shaka's like, yo, you haven't – because I played some old school that night, and Shaka's like, yo, you ain't play no Shaka? You know, basically, like – What? Yeah.
1: (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. She came up in the booth to tell you you ain't play her music.
0: (laughs) Yes. Um. Well, I, well, see, well, yeah, I'm not sure exactly why Shaka come, comes in the booth Because that comes into this in a second So she comes oh. up in the booth and is like Yo, you ain't got no Shaka in your greats You know, before Serato and I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> uh, sorry, you know, I don't Like this is, people don't understand this When you were hunting for old school at that time You had to hunt for old school And if you couldn't find that record You couldn't play that record mm.
1: That's, There wasn't no typing it in no, your computer. Okay. no
0: End of story. That's it. You had to go out to various different record stores, to flea markets, to grandma's houses. I've been everywhere buying vinyl, let me tell you. And you have to hunt for it. But at that time, I was, you know, still coming up. I was very, you know, I was coming up in the game and I ain't had no shocker. And so anyway, she just tearing me apart about not having this vinyl, you know, and I'm just standing there. I just want to tell her how much I love her, how much my mom loves her. And she's just tearing me apart like, you're just a terrible DJ. You ain't got no shock of con. Don't you know who I am? Blah, 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 blah. Anyway, she finishes this up. You know, she's like, what's your name? You know, I'm like, you know, Ben mean, Right? She looks me up and down. Swear to God, no lie. She's like, what's your sign? Uh-oh. I'm like, Pisces. Wait a
1: minute. Wait a minute. Why is she? Why is she asking you? Is she saying ASL? Like, is she? Is she trying to get your information?
0: I, I let me finish. Uh oh. <laughs> she's. I'm like Pisces. She looks at me for a good like ten seconds. Like, she's like, you like to. What? <gasps> no, no,
1: no, no, no. I'm not hearing this. No, no. She didn't say that. I no. swear to. No. <laughs> oh <No>. my life. <laughs> No, no, no. I don't believe Oh, my God.
0: Oh, yeah. um, Yeah, that happened, you know. <laughs> and so, you know me, I just bust out laughing. I'm like, what? You know, what just happened here? And, you know, Shaka Khan, I can't, I can't remember anything after that. She, you know, says something else and bounces out to the booth and goes back to her table. You know, and that's the end of it as far as I shot Shaka Khan that night. Now, a few years later, she's up in Dream when I'm spinning. But she's up in the VIP room where, you know, I can just see her from where I'm at. You know? Wait, so
1: you saw her twice?
0: I didn't meet her the second time. Oh, you know, okay. Second time, yeah. second time she's up in the VIP booth, but they tell me, yo, Shaka Khan's over there. And I can see her from across the room. You know, Dream, that joint's huge. So she's across the room in one of the VIP that lit- overlooks the whole crowd. So I'm like, oh, shit. But, you know, tonight I'm ready, bruh. I got shocker down. So I do an ill shocker set. I think I threw my sweet thing, everything. Like, went hard. And shocker's about to be rocking. But, you know, she had no idea it was the same, you know, man who she'd said that to a few years earlier. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Such is life. So, yeah. I'm, I'm, I can't really say that I've had such a problem, you know, dating in my time. You know, just, yeah. <sighs> <laughs>
1: that is just. That is just how is this happening right now? Like, uh. <laughs> I don't think, like, you guys, and especially as we have new no- listeners, you guys don't understand the people that, that Ben Amin runs into or has run into throughout his life. Like, he has run into Han Solo himself. Yeah. He has run into Rest, rest, rest in Power, Muhammad Ali. Like, yes. He has run into the. Have you run into Biggie?
0: Yeah. I have a oh my
1: God! I,
0: I, yeah, I shook I, sh- I sh- Biggie's hand.
1: Oh and, my God! And, and, and
0: told him you and told him he was awesome, and he was like, "Yeah, what up?" Thanks, Duke.
1: <laughs> I do you say? He said, "Yeah, whatever."
0: <laughs> nah. nah, he was mad cool, mad cool. <laughs> yeah, nah, nah, he was mad cool. He was sitting there chilling with us, Sadat, Sadat X, and I actually have a picture of him, and I gotta find that because I know Sadat now. Like I'm mad cool with him, and so I gotta find this picture that I have it or two. But that's like, yeah, that was the only time I ever met Biggie. I actually saw him on the yard at Howard when he was walking around in the pea coat and the the butter leather, the camel, the camel hair coat. Oh, killing it. But I didn't talk to him then. You know, he was just walking around being a man.
1: Wow. You live a charmed life, my my good sir.
0: Well, at times. But I, I lived an interesting life. Mm. 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 So Chaka- I live a blessed, I live a blessed life. I'll say that.
1: So yeah. are you saying that Shaka Khan propositioned you?
0: I won't go oh. that far. Look, Shaka Khan is on Twitter. I don't want to hear it. I will not go that far. Chaka oh, because you Khan, know people
1: gonna add her now. <laughs> I, I already
0: know it's gonna happen. I know how Fanbro show listeners do. You know, I know oh, how no. y'all do, So I already know how that's gonna happen, and I will not say that. I will just say that Shaka Khan recognize something about me that i won't you know say whether or not it's true or not you know that's you know for me oh to my know god! yeah but that's a great question um
1: <laughs> wow i did not expect any of that
0: i'm sure our listeners didn't either so you know as always sending your questions to contact at you know hit us up on the twitter at fanbros show You know, we answer any and everything as you see, you know, and as you hear. And we got more in store. We'll be right back after this break.
1: Hey everyone, this is Carla Perez. I played Rita Repulsa on the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers back in the '90s. Hey, what's up? This is Samus. This is Nikki Phillips. And this is Stacy Strobel. Yo, this is Carly Hustle. Hey, what's up? This is Jamila from Girl Gone Geek. Hi, my name is Roxanne Gay. Hey, this is the Shameless Maya. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Maya G. Hi, this is Reagan Gomez. Oh. Hey, this is your friendly neighborhood superhero Jane Gray. Hi, this is Lolo Ganić my name is jamie Broadnax from black girl nerds hi guys it's alfred woodard and when you're not in a lotus position eating quinoa or like rapping to your your bay you should be listening to fan no i said fan okay hang on
0: Welcome back, Internet. You know, we've had an explosive intro. We've had some stories in the second part. But now it's time for what you've all been waiting for. Tech
1: talk with Tatiana. And this week in tech news, big news for Verizon people or people who are on the Verizon network, the God signal, as it's called in New York City. They have finally come back with their unlimited unlimited data plan. Damn, Daniel. Damn, Daniel. It's about time. They used to have it like pretty much like all through early 2000s and then they stopped it around 2011. I, your Grand Duchess of Tech, was, has been grandfathered in even after that they officially ended it because, you know, I, I just, I just know people. I know stuff. I know how to get around the rules and stuff like that. But now I don't have to get around the rules anymore because it is now official. The plan, which quote unquote is 80 bucks I I use quotes because it's a little bit more than that but the $80 plan includes unlimited data unlimited text unlimited talk it also includes hotspot usage for your device and that hotspot usage gives you about 10 gigabytes of unlimited data before they kind of bump you down to 3G speeds now that being said I know Ben I mean you're Verizon too right
0: oh I'm doing this as soon as we get off (laughs) this show oh my (laughs) god
1: So, one thing I want to stress is that not everyone should jump on this plan. Just because it's unlimited doesn't mean it's good for you, particularly if you're already not paying that much in the first place. It may not make any sense to jump on this and pay a lot more. My bill has always been egregiously high because I've. (laughs) Egregiously high because I. Oh my God. Because I've, like I mentioned, I've been doing a lot of things to get around the rules and keep my unlimited. And even after I've already switched over to the new unlimited plan, even after I didn't, I didn't save like $30 or anything like that, but I I saved some money. But the real reason why I got on it was, well, two reasons. One, because I'm a heavy user. Apparently I don't pay attention to how I'm using my data. And for the last six months, I just would not really, I don't know, turn on Wi-Fi when I go home. I would just use LTE like it was nothing. And y'all know I'm online all the time. So when I looked at my usage, I found the little chart, the little tool that expresses your usage for the last six months. Guess how much data I was using a whole on average? Of a lot. On average, I was using thirty-three gigabytes of data. Whoa! Mm. Woo! So, <laughs> long story short, I am a heavy user. Uh, I will be using Wi-Fi now in my house going forward. But also, I think that everyone should make sure you're you're being very careful with that. But particularly if you're a heavy data user, I'm talking about like 10 gigs and above, then you might want to look at this, particularly because of that hotspot, which I think is clutch. Usually you have to pay an extra fee to get hotspot. But now that that's all rolled up into one deal, I went for it.
0: Like I said, as soon as we get off the show, I'm hopping all over that. There's no question in my mind because I already pay egregious fees to... (laughs) Verizon, everyone.
1: I mean, that's I've all Verizon is. Which you just, know,
0: for like a year now, like
1: that's all Verizon is. It's fees on fees.
0: Yeah, this might keep me around for a little bit longer, but you know that dude in the yellow shirt is looking more and more like the way to go. But yeah, you know the God signal and all that. So yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. I had the next piece of news. I actually mentioned er uh, well late last year, but I had mentioned a show that's going to premiere on Apple. Music, iTunes, it's all in one and the same. But it's going to premiere on Apple called Planet of the Apps. And basically what the show is, it's kind of like Shark Tank, but for people who create apps. So, like, what will happen is a person or group, teams, whatever they are, will come into a room in front of four judges. Yes, four judges. And then they will do an elevator pitch for their app. And then the judges... Which include such luminaries such as Will I Am. You know he's from the future. <laughs> but these judges will then figure out or, or or just I guess I I guess they wanna treat the people like they do on Shark Tank. Like on Shark Tank, they be they really be coming down hard on people. Man, I love but Shark Tank. I love, love Shark it. Tank. It's just like, damn, they really be telling people about themselves. But Anyway, on Planet of the Apps, it's kind of the same premise, and then these celebrities can then choose whether or not they want to invest in people's apps. And this show is going to premiere this spring, and it's going to be ad-free, and if you want to watch the clip now, you can. And like I mentioned, it's going to be on Apple, so you're watching on Apple TV and things like that.
0: Nice, nah. I'm, I'm, do- I'm definitely hyped for that because I love Shark Tank so much. And think about it: is even when they come down on somebody hard, like if you're real trash, you know, you deserve to be come down on hard. But if you're not that trash. Even if they don't F with you, just the exposure you get from being on TV usually blows you up. Because there's mad people blown up who they don't F with.
1: Yeah. Some of the other judges are Gwyneth Paltrow and Jessica Alba. I would feel some type of Gwyneth Paltrow told me about myself. (laughs) She didn't (laughs) like my app. Like, I think your app is trash. For my Pokemon Go fans, if you're still playing the game, I am not. But if you're still playing the game or you were looking for a reason to get back into it, this may be your time to do it. Because this week, Niantic is adding 80 new Pokemon to the app. Not quite sure what day it may hit. Actually, by the time you hear this, it may have already been updated on your Pokemon Go app. But the Generation 2 Pokemon from the Jonto region or Johto region will be added to it. So this is like... Personally, I really only fucks with and no the first 151, and then there's also like Pichu and Togepi. Other other than that, I don't know any Pokemon beyond these. So all the ones that come, the next set that comes after are all the the next step, the next level ones. I'm sure that makes everybody else excited. I don't really know shit about it.
0: I don't know square one about it. I was never excited about Pokemon Go, and I'm <laughs> still to this day not excited about Pokemon Go. So.
1: Yeah, I it's fun to play. Like I said, it, it had the nostalgia factor for me because it was what I knew. But now I'm just like, this is not gonna probably. This is probably not gonna make me start playing the game again. I'm. I don't and plus, it's too cold. Like, who wants to be at least in, in the New York area? Like, who's trying to be outside catching Pikachu? Like, I ain't yo, got time for that.
0: Yo, shout out to my cousin though, because I was out in Chicago with him, and my boy was rocking Pokemon Go, and it was cold as all hell. But my dude was also driving around to find the Pokemon. So he was well see, it real Well, slow. well,
1: let's back that one up. You didn't. You shouldn't mention that first. Driving around is different. Like <laughs> the, first of all, that's cheating. Second of all, driving around. Yeah, sure. That then. Yeah, I would play. But you're really supposed to be walking around outside in the elements. I ain't got time for that.
0: Mm-mm, not right now. Not in. at all. No, not at all.
1: Oh, and finally, rounding out the tech news is. I'm not really sure how to pronounce his name. I said I called him PewDiePie last week. You said PewDiePie.
0: I think it's PewDiePie. Whatever the dude's name
1: is. He effed up royally and he had his deals with Disney and YouTube cut because of a quote unquote prank he decided to pull using the Fiverr app or the fiverr uh, service so fiverr is a service where you can get people to do tasks or if you need someone to like do anything for you and you only want to pay like up to five dollars you'll do that and then there's people who will you can pick from whoever to do that and i think it doesn't really matter where they are in the world so he used this uh service to get some people to hold up a sign in public i I don't know the extent of it but but from what i see he held have the These people had held up a sign in public that said, death to all Jews. Now, apparently this guy, PewDie, Pewdie, whatever, this is something he does on a regular basis or used to do on a regular basis, which is very questionable, kind of anti-Semitic comments and and jokes and whatever you want to call it, and... I guess now was the last straw. If he's been doing it, I don't know why they didn't have a problem with it before. But now I guess was the last straw. And he had a, uh, what's it called? Like he had a original program on YouTube Red and a deal with Disney and some other stuff going on. And everybody was just like, nope, you're out the paint and cut ties with him.
0: Well, the thing is, I've never really paid much attention to him. I know he's, like, the highest paid dude ever and, like, the most followers on YouTube. And, like, recently he even made this, another prank where he said he was going to delete his channel and everything once he reached, like, 4 million. I can't remember whatever it is, you know, followers rank that he was going to reach. And he did it all serious, like, where people really thought it. They were downloading his old videos to save him and everything. And basically what he did was he deleted his new channel instead of his old channel. So anyway, lately he's been trying to grow up, or as he says, he's been trying to grow up with his humor. Because his humor used to be he would play video games and he would just, you know, stream at them and people would watch him play. Like he became big on Twitch and all that stuff. And Mm -hmm. it was really bad when I would watch it. But it was really juvenile and so it struck a chord with a lot of people. You know, it goes back to this thing of mediocre white men, you know, just getting love Mm -hmm. sometimes for stuff that I'm really not thinking them. Great. And it just also goes to the thing of, like, you can say anything you want if you're funny. You know, if you're not funny, the world instantly lets you know that, especially when you try and push these buttons. Like, you know, because when you're just chilling with your comedy, nobody cares. You know, you're just not a funny dude. But when you push a button with your f- comedy and you're not funny and this shit is so not funny, because Pie, Pooty Pewdie, whatever, is a multimillionaire mm-hmm. and he's paying people five dollars in the most destitute parts of the world. You know, where $5 means their life to them. And he's paying them this money to do these jokes that aren't even funny. You know, that's thing. Like, I know wow. how people crack. I'm a huge fan of comedy. And people crack down on people. Like, if Richard Pryor was, was alive and making comedy right now, it'd be very hard for him in this environment. Because people are so, you know, like, PC or whatever, where you can't tell any type of joke without them having some someone having a reaction to it. Because everyone's a critic. But at the same time, Richard Pryor is a comedic genius, you know, and his stand-up specials stand the test of time. And people don't really call out the humor in his stuff because it's still funny. But when you're not like this dude, it's like, bro, come on. You know, please, man. Yeah. Trash. Wow.
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Ugh. Like I said, I've I've never, never gotten to his videos. I I, I may have seen something once in the past, but I was never into it. And to your point, I just think, like, it's another mediocre white man situation. And – like I said, he's been doing these questionable jokes. I just find it weird that now, t- today, or whatever day this happened, was the last straw. So, whatever. Yeah. See you later.
0: And it's also a lot of people on YouTube who make their living off questionable stuff. Because of this, I was reading this other article where they were talking about these two white people, a white dude and a white woman, who actually got into an argument in, in person because the white dude makes a habit of using the word, the N word, in his videos. You know, and trying to make it where, you know, if you say it a lot, it doesn't, you know, get the reaction. And also, if, you know, every slur should be on the same level of the N-word. And the thing is, like, one, most slurs are on the same level. One, most other races don't walk around referring to themselves, you know, using a word like that. And that has a lot of implications in itself. But at the same time, no matter what we say, it doesn't give any right for anyone else to say it. Like, that's just you know, that's the way of the world, bro. Like, dope yeah. expressive best. you can say it and then you might get slapped, you know. But this white dude lives in this ass, cushioned ass YouTube world where he can say these things and no one is gonna, you know, step to him. But he has made, duh, you know, how much money off of this. So, you know, mm-hmm. you know, mediocre mothers did a lot of love right now, and it's really, yeah, oh man. Oh. Shout out to Jamel Hill, you know, Michael Smith again. You know, shout out to people (laughs) doing it with talent out here because, man, trash people get real far in this world. Anyway, that's it for Tech News, Tatiana. That's it, sir. All right. Well, it's time for Comics. I Yeah, you like that. Very nice. Thank you very much. And this week, it's, you know, I always say it's kind of a slow week, but it's never a slow week in Comics I Copped. Once again, shout outs to everyone, you know, recommending comics to me using that hashtag, Comics I Copped on Twitter, you know, Instagram, wherever you cop your comics at, you know, let me know, you know, shout outs to all the stores that you buy them from, do all that. But this week, I picked up Ultimates. I think I was talking about it before. You know, when Ultimates is a series that features a multiracial cast, it's from Marvel, it features some of the most powerful characters in the Marvel Universe, like Blue Marvel, a black dude who's like a super scientist Superman, you know, type character. Maybe even more, I mean, probably even more powerful than Superman. It features Captain Marvel, Monica Rambeau, also known as Photon, who is... One of the most powerful characters in the Marvel Universe. Like she's not even featured much because she's so powerful that she just disrupts the stories you know you're telling. And mm-hmm. you know her and um, Blue Marvel are in a relationship. It also has Miss America Chavez, one of my favorite characters. She leads the team, and basically the Ultimates take on bigger than life you know threats in the Marvel Universe. And the current storyline has this crazy ass story going on about how Galactus has been turned from. World destroyer to a person who or entity that brings life to worlds, the life bringer instead of the life, dis- the world destroyer.
1: Oh, they flipped it,
0: yeah, completely flipped it. But at the same wow. time, a lot of other big things in this be- have been happening. Like you find out that eternity, another entity like Galactus, is actually chained up, and eternity represents everything in the universe. So it's like, what is chaining up the universe? And that's the start of the story, and it's just been going crazier and crazier with every issue. Al Ewing is the author. We're going to have him on here soon. It's just dope and features a multicultural cast facing big-ass science fiction, physics, like really deep stuff, you know, in a comic book that's also full of action. The latest arc also features characters from the New Universe, uh old series from Marvel in the 80s that are some of my favorite characters. So it's really dope to see them in it. And it's just really good, man. Definitely check out Ultimates. I've talked about it before, but the latest new series is just on fire. And I just want to shout that out.
1: Why can't they do another Vision? <laughs> like... I am obsessed.
0: You know, Marvel is asking themselves that question right now because Tom King, the author of Vision, is now signed to DC exclusively.
1: <gasps> Are yeah. you serious? Yes. Holy shit. How did yeah. they fuck that up?
0: You know, that's one of those ones that I'm sure, because Vision, I don't think anybody knew. That's the thing. Like, he had Omega Men and he had, like, um, Sheriff of Babylon. So he didn't have much out. And I think Sheriff of Babylon is the first one. And that's like a military story set in Iraq. So it's, you know, it's nothing, no superhero powers, anything in it. So I don't think they understood. I don't think anyone understood what it was. Because Omega Man went under the radar. And I tell you, Tatiana, you need to pick up Omega Man. It's one graphic novel. Really? Yo.
1: If is that what? You...
0: I've read it several times. You know, it's a 12-issue series. I've read that joint several times. It is, Tom King is on fire. I mean, that goes into Batman, which dropped this week as well. And I haven't been keeping up with Batman as much as I should, but every issue that I read is incredible. Like, Tom King, you know, is on fire. And I don't think that people knew what it was. when Because he came, you know, he doesn't come from writing comics. These are like his first comics ever. So, wow. yeah, like Tatiana said, if you've never read Vision or. Oma- yeah. Ugh. I mean, yeah, yeah, say it. Yo.
1: Yo. Like, so, wait, yeah. so wait if he's DC exclusive. Like, come on, man. That, that means nah. there's no way.
0: At least for oh, a few years. No. No. Yeah. But Vision's like a complete story. That's the good thing about it. And. I and, understand
1: you know, that, but I want more.
0: <laughs> but other writers are, have taken on, you know, the, some of the characters from Vision. And are using them and doing well. Like Mark Wade has uh, one of the daughters of Vision in the Champion Series. And I'm not reading that, but people will tell me it's good. Shout out to Mellow Marketer. He says it's definitely really good. Mark Wade is dope for the most part. And so I, you know, trust us on that one. But like we said, go buy Omega Men. Go buy the Vision Trades. Buy those graphic novels. And then if you like those, pick up Batman, his other joint, Sarah for Babylon. I also like a lot. But let me tell you, Vision and Omega Men. Like, top down, I'm not joking. You have to go get that Omega Men joint. Like it is.
1: All right, I'm getting that tomorrow.
0: Yeah, it's serious. Like, if you love Vision, it's because it's that same, like, wow, this is really desolate. You know, this is dark. Like, it it is a, I mean, Omega Men are a dark. You know, series and usual. they're like a tragic, they are even more tragic Suicide Squad type series, but they're not characters that I really cared about or knew about. They're definitely not characters that DC cared about. That's why he got the chance to write them, because you know they're like whatever. And then he turns mm. in this um—I mean, just stupid story, like just stupid, to talk like, <laughs> like, stupid. <laughs> like like stupid. Like like I like I loved Vision. But I'm not sure which is better because they're both incredible and they're both different. You know, like Vision is like that character study. And and Omega Men is also a character study, but it's a completely different cast of characters. And that's the thing about him. He gets characters so well. You know, he made like he made me love every one of the Omega Men in the story. And I didn't give an ish about any of them before this. I like their look. I always loved how they looked, but I just never cared about them. And I don't think many people did. And anyone who reads that, he made Kyle Rayner, the Green Lantern. In, um, he's, he's actually in the Omega Men. Um, no one can write Kyle Rayner again. You know, or you better step it up. Because mm-hmm. this mo- he changed the game with Kyle Rayner. And that's it for cop. <laughs> <laughs> said, said it was going to be a light weed, but then you start me talking about Tom King. And it's like, come on now.
1: Like, then you get into it. Did you have you seen the Beauty and the Beast live action trailer?
0: Yeah, I liked it.
1: Like the one that that recently came out. Yep, yep. So uh, I, that's interesting. I'm glad you said you like it because I do too. I'm I'm kind of shocked that I like it. It looks better than I expected it to look. I, I like I because it's a live action of a beloved franchise. I'm just like like one why and two I was just like I don't know how this is gonna look because. Beauty and the Beast is very magical, literally, figuratively. So for them to try to translate that to live action, I'm like, how? But then I thought about it like, well, they did it with Guardians of the Galaxy. So how hard can it be? (laughs) So when I saw it, I was, again, I was actually pleasantly surprised at the, well, one, the quality. It It looks really good. The singing seems like it's on par. And... The way that they, I keep, honestly, I can't see past her being Hermione, but (laughs) Hermione's version of Belle, I think it's going to work out.
0: You know, it's really kind of crazy to me how much love, like, I mean, Beauty and the Beast, of course, you know, I I like that. I'm not really that hyped to see it. You know, I'll wait for a DVD or cable or whatever, because I'm just like, nah, the original's a classic. I don't need to see this.
1: Yeah, but... I think it's interesting that like literally for a generation of kids, this is going to be their Beauty and the Beast. Like they're not a lot. They don't know that there was a cartoon, a cartoon movie prior. Like this is what Beauty and the Beast is to them. So like, how do you, and that's a a good question. How do you feel about that? Like since there's so many reboots and other stuff happening with all these properties that are super old or like, there's like three generations worth of, of reboots of these things How do you feel like when, like, a child, like a baby coming up now, they're going to see that and be like, that's Beauty and the Beast. And then when you tell them about the cartoon, they're going to be like, no, it's not. (laughs) Or, like, they feel some type of way. Like, how do you feel about that?
0: I don't feel that way. I don't think think kids are like that. I think kids will see the live action one and then their parents will be like, but, yo, I grew up on this one. And they'll be just as hyped for that. Because, one, okay. it's a cartoon, and, you know, kids love cartoons. So it's like, right. no, that I, I, and I don't think that goes for most things. Like, if a kid sees the new Total Recall, and then you show him Arnold Schwarzenegger's Total Recall, a kid is going to be like, please. Like, you know, <laughs> a kid's going to know. Like, kids know. I don't think kids are stupid. It You know, it's the same thing with us. Like, there were always remates. There's always things, old ideas being refashioned and the new stuff. And, like, you know, I'm definitely a film person, so – when I saw, like, uh, what's the first one? Um, Magnificent Seven. I went and saw Seven Samurai, and I know which one is the better film. I mean, Magnificent Seven is also a classic, the original. I haven't, mm. I haven't yet to see the Denzel you Washington You haven't seen
1: the new one? No.
0: But I'll see okay. that, too. Like, I don't care. It might be good. You know, it's just these things, I don't mind that. You know, it's just every, I mean, especially with films, man, a lot of stuff takes from other stuff. There's always sampling of old films and stuff that people don't even realize half the time. So it's like, man, I don't care. Just, you know, let people get paid. I was more talking about how, like, musicals like Beauty and the Beast and La La, whatever, are getting so much love. And people don't really get that much love or attention. And just in general, this happened with The Get Down. Like, Stranger Things got all the love last year from Netflix. And people just did not recognize how great The Get Down was. And people were so quick to diss it, you know, for little things instead of looking at, like, this is a musical fe- featuring, you know, black and brown people of color and killing it and also telling a dope story about hip hop. And do man. you,
1: what do you think the issue is? Because, like, I actually started watching To Get Down a few months ago, but I never finished it. I and think, yeah. It, I, I, yeah, like, what is it about that that, like you said, didn't get the same reception as a, as the rest of the show. And granted, all these other shows you noted that are on Netflix are not even musical, so they're a whole different genre.
0: Yeah, and that's one thing. And I think people were turned off by how The Get Down is kind of a surreal, it's kind of very weird, like a fantasy land take on hip-hop instead of like the actual reality. But it still, it was very well done. Like I said, as a musical, I'm not even a musical person. That's one thing I've never really liked. There's only a very few I've really liked. But I really enjoyed The Get Down, and I can't wait for the second season. But I just also, I also know that Stranger Things is that thing, you know, it tapped into the zeitgeist of the 80s where everyone wants to reminisce and stuff, and it, ha- and it hit all the right notes. You know, it copied Spielberg. It copied Lucas. It copied all these people so well that people, and, you know, paid homage to them in ways where people are like, oh, I remember that. And then they see it on Stranger Things, and they're like, oh, I remember that. Oh, dope then. It's dope now. You know, and it's like, all right, I get why it gets all the love. But I really just think that Get Down doesn't get a lot lot of love while, like, this movie La La is getting a lot of love instead of- You talking about La La Land? Yeah, you know, instead of Hidden Figures, you know, which is obviously incredible. Moonlight, which is obviously incredible. And I haven't seen La La Land, but I've never heard anyone being like, other than, you know, people I don't trust at all, being like, yo, that joint is dope. (laughs) You know, other
1: than people you don't trust,
0: other than people I've seen like paid reviews. You know, I've seen people be like, "Oh my god, la la la," and I'm like, but then I read the real reviews, and they're like, "Yo, they can't sing that well." You know, I've never seen my man belt out of tune. Like, I doubt it. Mm. Oh, that's
1: good. I, I'm just curious. You actually gave some good feedback on that. Thank, Thank you, you, Ben. I mean, <laughs> you
0: know, got a lot to say tonight. But uh, real quick, and some other movie news. I know we both peeped it, Infinity War trailer preview whatever you want to not really a trailer more like a preview for marvel showing some behind the scenes production on it i was definitely hyped i'm super hyped for infinity war because the russo brothers i just trust and the word out on it is that like thanos is really the main character in this movie like, you're going to have all the Avengers, the Guardians of the Galaxy meeting for the first time, but the movie moves around him. Like, he's now I wouldn't call him a protagonist, obviously, but he is what's mm-hmm. driving the story in the first, you know, Infinity War movie. So that alone mm-hmm. just sounds so ill because Marvel's mm-hmm. never really given a lot of love to villains. And they know that. Like, they, they've even admitted that recently where they're like, yo, you know... We, when we first did Iron Man, we did Iron Man and they did, uh, I want to see DC did Dark Knight Returns or whatever. You know, they were, That's what they realized, that DC was focusing on villains and Marvel was focused on heroes and they were yeah. fine with that. So that's been their you know, motto ever since. And they've even said this, but they're like, Infinity War really focuses on Thanos. And Thanos is one of my favorite. He's such an ill character. He has so much... What's the word? Pathos. So it's just like, man, like I can't wait to see this joint. Stupid hype.
1: Yeah, I'm excited
0: about it. Yep. It didn't sound too much, but also, uh, Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy open it very soon this year. We get three Marvel movies: Spider-Man, Thor, and Guardians of the Galaxy. The early word on Logan is that it's stupid, yo. Like the um embargo. But it
1: looks, it looks incredible.
0: Yeah. The embargo drops tomorrow. By the time you hit us, the embargo will be out, so people will be giving their reviews. We'll probably have one up on fanbros.com. But the early word is that Logan is crazy, y'all. So, like, you know, I'm hyped because uh, the director of Guardians of the Galaxy is talking his usual-ish, and it's been like the opening of the new one is even cooler than the opening of the first one, which is one of the greatest openings, you know, of Marvel ever and just made you love all them you know, damn near instantly. So I can't wait to see what he does, man. Like I'm, I'm hyped this year. We, I think, I think it's to be a three for three for Marvel, you know, and four, if you count Logan, cause I, I'm really hyped for Spider-Man and I'm really hyped for Thor. All right. Anything else before we get out of here this week, Tatiana?
1: Just the usual, make sure if you want some dope exclusive shit, like what do we have? Oh, I just got a bunch of new shit. So like, if you want some dope Deadpool <laughs> socks. Like I'm just looking at all this shit that came in. You got some. I have some like Deadpool socks. I have stuff from Game of Thrones. I have stuff from like every fandom you could think of in all shapes and forms. I got it all from Loot Crate and you can get your own box, your Loot Crate box, your own subscription by going to LootCrate.com slash fan and using the code Fanbros, And that will give you a discount on your monthly subscription. Believe me when I say it is the business and we always put out videos doing unboxing so you can see the types of things we get. And also make sure that you are subscribed to us. We're on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, literally anywhere where you can get a podcast. We are there and you really should listen because you'll hear some dope guests that we have. You'll always hear the dope conversations Ben and I have and we do giveaways every so often. And for all you know, we may be giving away whole Loot crate boxes. So make sure that you're paying attention to what we have to do. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your moms and your moms and them. And, you know, we'll make life better for you.
0: Yeah, word up. You know, it ain't about just a guest, Tatiana. You know, we give them dope-ass content and shows every week. You know, shout-outs to Slam Bros, shout-out to the Stream Squad, shout-out to the Outlaw Bars, you know, which are wrestling, horror, and anime podcasts, respectively. You know, you should be subscribed to all of them as well. Shout-outs to the rest of the Loudspeakers Network, Combat Jat Show, Brilliant Idiots, The Reed, Friend Zone, Uh, T.K. Kirkland got a new show on there. You know, shout-outs to everyone out there on the Loudspeakers Network. And like Tatiana said, please subscribe to Fan Bros Show on Twitter. You know, follow us on the Twitters, on the SoundClouds, on the iTunes. Leave a rating five stars on that iTunes, yo. We need you all support. How we get your support is how we bring this dopeness to you every week.
1: Shout out to Barry. Hey, girl.
0: Shout out to Shaka Khan. Fan Bros.